Welcome to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. My name is Stacey Hillier and I am so excited that you've decided to join me, some of my friends from all walks of life, as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world. We'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace, education, science and medicine, arts and entertainment, government, family, and the church, all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today is the final week of our four-week focus on the podcast where we have chatted all the things and more on prophetic worship, including worship leading, musicianship, production, and today... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Art. And you are going to love it. So strap in. I am joined once again by a very special guest and a wonderful friend, Miss Roma Waterman. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Roma is an award winning singer, songwriter, worship leader, trainer, author, all round legend. She is an artist who has released several albums, toured the globe with recording artists such as Jars of Clay, DC Talk, and the big kahuna, Michael Dubstep oh, Smith. I love that man. Oh, seriously. <laughs> He's anointing. And many yes. more. Roma's authored some incredible books, some of which we'll talk about today. She also runs an online school, which you can check out at romawaterman.com. She's got over 35,000 students, but there is room for you. <laughs> and she speaks and teaches on all things art, worship, and the prophetic. But more than all of that, Roma is actually just such a boss lady Aww. and such a kind person. Takes one to know one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll receive that. And a deep, deep well of wisdom. So, Romes, tell me. I've listed some of the artists that you've been associated with. Maybe hinted at my fave. Who was your favourite to work with? Aww. Give us the scoop. Okay, so if I say I've got a favourite, does that mean everyone's going to think all the others weren't my favourite? Let's let's just you love say not. <laughs> you love them all. I love them all. who do you love the most? Look, I will say DC Talk, pretty much. I mean, no one's probably remembers them. Toby Mac. Yes. They were uh, amazing guys. They were funny. They were excited. Probably were, listening today, let's be honest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, they were passionate. I remember, you know, I did support for them and they would come out and watch my set and jump up and down and oh, go, oh, that's so much. sweet. Trying to distract me. They were just yeah. really lovely people. Michael W. Smith, um, I was too shy to speak to him. We did three mm-hmm. shows around Australia. So I'd sit at the table with the band and his wife. Yeah. And um, they were Amazing. Right. While everyone kept knocking on his door trying oh, to get gosh. autographs. But I just was like, I can't do it. I can't yeah, do it. Fair. But he was also very lovely about my music and just real integrity, real yeah. man of God. Um, you know, some of our secular artists that we've worked with, Guy Sebastian is an amazing mm. guy. Mm-hmm. Secular, you know what I mean. Go the I hate that word. Yeah. Um, he's an, he is lovely. And we've, we've, you know, it's the Melbourne Gospel Choir. We've worked with some beautiful people mm. like um, Kiala Settle from um, uh, The Greatest Showman. Yeah. She's a pretty amazing person. Yep. And, yeah, so I would say most of the people we work with, I'm in awe of them. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. Yeah, well, I won't freak you out by asking you who you didn't enjoy working with. No, yeah, I'll tell you later. Cool. <laughs> not cool. No, I love them all. Any funny stories from tour? We've already heard a story oh. about you splitting your skirt. Well, I mean, you Top you know it. me already. You know I'm a bit of a klutz. I, <laughs> I do make – I say silly things on stage that I wish I'd never said. So I don't know which one do I pick. I mean, I remember 
I remember Kevin Max from DC Talk falling off the stage in the middle Boys. of a song a theme at the tennis centre. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I remember being young and naive and mm-hmm. having two very well-endowed dancers. Oh, I've heard <laughs> this story. And I got in trouble because they were just Not dancing. Godly. Okay, <laughs> but I was twenty. I they were shaking what the good Lord bait. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you know, I was young. I didn't understand that it was a big deal. Yes. So you know that was fun. Um, I I have a very strong memory of being on tour. We had uh, it was called the Acoustic Cafe. If anyone remembers, right. can go back a hundred years ago when I was doing that. <laughs> and uh, we had this amazing band, and uh, we had this song that started with acoustic guitar. I was playing melodica. You've got to remember these instruments because it's really funny what happens. And then uh, we had a piano accordion. And so it starts Mm -hmm. one, two, three. And then the guitar came in in a completely different key. What are you doing? Oh. And she goes, mate, you forgot to put your capo on. Oh, no. So, <laughs> oh. That's how our tour started and we've never, ever forgot. That's we just could not stop laughing because he was times. so angry at the band, but it was actually his fault. Oh, isn't that always the way? <laughs> yes. Look, I may or may not have been the worship leader who instead of saying clap your hands said crap your hands. <laughs> I oh, mean, no, that's good. That's light compared to some of the stories I <laughs> could right. tell you, which well, are not. This is G. <laughs> <laughs> so we do want to talk today about yeah. it. Bring it back to Jesus. Yes, let's do, let's do it. <laughs> we want to talk about a topic that's close to your heart and mine, which is prophetic art. Yes. So to lay a foundation, I want to talk about where we find Holy Spirit artists in the Bible. Mm. So I'm going to read Exodus 31, 1 to 10, which says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, this was huge because in the Old Testament, people weren't filled with the Spirit of God. Mm. The Spirit came on them. It didn't fill them. Wow. So this creative is the first person biblically, Laura first mentioned, to ever be filled with the Spirit of God. With ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Ohaliab, the son of Ahisamach, (laughs) of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table, its utensils, the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his sons. So we're talking here about lots of artistic ability, Mm. um, craftsmanship on the first man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we see here that creating something can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fact, we only create because we're created in God's image. And we're never more like our father than when we love and lovingly create. Yeah, so so good. In your book, The God Artist, which is a brilliant read, you spend the whole second chapter talking about God as the ultimate artist, 
share your heart a little bit about God as an artist. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it was a real revelation for me when I stopped comparing myself to the artists of the world or the artists that I loved and went, oh, I wish I could write like that or sing like that. And Mm -hmm. I started to go, if I'm created in God's image, what does it look like if God is the great artist Mm -hmm. and I'm copied in him, you know, I'm I'm in his image. And when I started to think like that, I was quite blown away because it actually took me up to it. It made me think higher, if that makes sense. So some of the points that I make in that chapter that really are personal revelations is firstly, if we're created in his image, um, all art glorifies something. He actually talks about that, that it's not in vain. So in Isaiah 45, he says, it says in uh, verse 18, for thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it and he created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. So the first thing we read in that scripture is that he didn't create anything in vain. And if I'm created yeah. in his image, what am I creating? My, what I'm creating has to have meaning. Yeah. It's got to be meaningful, which you can't say that about a lot of stuff. True. Really. Yep. So, I mean, I've even heard people in the Christian music industry. You know, I, was, I remember being somewhere where we were doing co-writing and a person said to me, all we need is another hit, like dot, dot, dot. <laughs> And I remember my heart sank and I went, is this the reason we're here, to write the hits? You know, yes, of course, we'd love to write a hit, but is that our reason? It can't be in vain. So understanding the purpose of why (laughs) we create, which all is tied into identity, which is a whole other conversation. But then also the idea that, um, you know what I love is that he created the heavens and the earth before he created his greatest work of art. Mm. which was man and woman. Mm-hmm. And I think of that all the time in the way of of what is my environment? What am I right. creating around me mm-hmm. that's going to help me to create the thing that God really wants me to create? So, so our good. environment yep. is really important, being in a good church, yep. being in a healthy family, having a healthy family, all that kind of stuff yep. is really important. And then finally, the other thing I love about the Lord, I love that he rested on the seventh day. Why could he rest? Because he created something that could keep going on. Hmm. And I'm like, that's that speaks to me of legacy. Yes. Is what I'm creating going to stop with me when I die? Is that it? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason I started writing books, you know, it was because <laughs> I went, when I die, mm-hmm. it's not because I want to be an author. I'm like, yep. when I die, I actually want what I'm doing to live on. I want people to go, I read this book and it helped me be this, or I I watched yep. Roma Worship Lead, or I listened to one of her songs and it made me want to be this kind of person. So I can rest knowing that it doesn't stop with me. And there's something powerful about creating with legacy in mind yep. because um, the buck doesn't stop with you. And you know this because you do it so well. So if you're sick on a Sunday, you know worship's still going to be amazing. Not that you'd ever get sick in Jesus' name. (laughs) But that is the kind of environments we're wanting to create in our churches, in our families, in our culture, wherever we're positioned, is this environment where uh, you can rest because it's not about you. Yes, It can keep going because you've created something that, other people can partake of. That's beautiful. We had a moment in services a couple of weeks ago here at Numa where while I was worship leaning, I could see this lady who was just struggling in some areas of bondage during worship. We see a lot from up there. Mm. And the moment um, that I sat down, she actually started to manifest. 
<laughs> and so here we are going into the sermon. So I kind of walk around the back of the church to go and offer to pray with her. She starts to manifest again. So we took her out and uh, out there for quite a while, just helping this lady get to a place of freedom. It was beautiful. Mm. But I didn't for one minute have to worry about, oh, my goodness, I have to worship lead again at the end yes. because I knew the team could carry that moment. Yes, So, absolutely. you know, stayed with her. The team carried the end. It was beautiful and went somewhere that I couldn't take wow. it. And this woman got free. Awesome. It was so awesome. Love it. So before we go into exploring some examples of prophetic artists, can you describe in your own words, Roma, what does it mean to be prophetic? Mm. Yes. I mean, look, I give you lots of scriptural mm. references and mm-hmm. explain what it is. I mean, in the Old Testament, if we look at what the prophets were, they were really, because we didn't have the Holy Spirit living within us, yeah. you know, it was a different age where the Lord was there, but he wasn't dwelling in people. So the prophets spoke the heart of God, didn't they? Yeah. They spoke what God wanted to say. Well, the exciting thing for, for us in living in the New Testament or beyond the cross mm-hmm. is that the Revelation, book of Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit yep. of prophecy. So I often say to people, put your hand up if you have a testimony of Jesus. Yeah. And everyone goes, yes, I'm saved. Yep. Well, that means the spirit of prophecy lives within us. Yeah. He lives inside of us. So hearing the voice of God, that's the first yep. step of to being prophetic. Yep. And then I'd say, you know, being a prophet or mm-hmm. someone who wants to move prophetically, because yep. you don't have to be a prophet to no. move prophetically. There's the office of yep. a prophet, as you know. But then there's also, you. all of us have the testimony of Jesus. Yep. So it's hearing it's God's voice and then projecting it in whatever form is natural to you. So it could good. be words. It could be writing. It's music, whatever. Painting. It could be baking a cake. It yeah. could be painting. Yeah. And what I love about this scripture we read together in Exodus 31 is there's a theological principle about the law of first mention is how mm. we reference everything from the first place we find it in the Bible. Mm, like so that. here we see that the very first intention of creating and these people were creating for God's house is that a person be filled with the spirit of God before they create. So good. And so anytime we're creating from a place of not being filled and inspired and empowered mm. by the Holy Spirit, we're actually stepping away from original design. Yes. Amen. That's so that's such an amazing observation. So with really that in good. mind, do you think every artist can be prophetic? Um I think they have the potential to be. Yeah. Is everybody prophetic? No, Hmm. because they haven't turned the tap on. Mm -hmm. But if the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and we are intentional Mm -hmm. about that, Mm -hmm. I think that we can. But like you said, too, I mean, I think being grounded in the word and understanding what, again, this identity issue, that's half the problem is that people go, I'm prophetic. I'm going to look at Stacey. She she gives prophetic words. So I think that's what prophetic is. And they do it and they're terrible. (laughs) But... One of those people might be an incredible musician or a singer. Yes. In fact, you know, an example I'll use is um, I remember in our worship team when I was worship pastoring, we had a girl who was incredible at creating musical theatre pieces. Right. And she would do all of our, like our mm-hmm. end of year events and she was amazing at it. But if you got her up to worship lead, it was really bad. <laughs> it just was not her thing, yep. you know. And so I think can everyone be prophetic? Yes, if they are, um, if they're operating in the destiny and the purpose and the plan what God has for them. Yeah, their grace. Yeah. Operating in their grace. It's so important. This yeah. is a conversation that I debate with our resident teacher, Dr. Yes. Michael Gratchko, <laughs> who's been on this podcast before. 
Because if the three purposes of, of New Testament prophetic ministry is upbuilding, encouragement, consolation. Yes. I can listen to Coldplay, Chris Martin's melodies, mm. and I can have all three of those things. Yes. And because I'm connected to the Spirit of God, I can feel ministered to through the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. He's only creating because he's creating the creator's image, whether he calls him Lord or not. So I actually think that he's not anointed, but he's dipping his toe into his calling in Christ and doesn't even know it. I mean, if it says in the scripture, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, that means A, you're getting a gift and a calling whether you follow him or not. Correct. B, when does that gift and calling come? Is it when you're born? <laughs> I don't know. It could be. We don't know. Yeah. So if that's the case, I mean, I think Michael Jackson had a gift and a calling. Yeah. Didn't operate in the right spirit. Yeah. But there was there was something on yes. what he was doing. And, you know, I mean, it's the old argument, the age-old argument of sacred versus secular. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not convinced that... Um, Jesus makes that separation, to be honest. The Bible definitely does not divide sacred and secular. I think there's an anointing and then there's not anointed. (laughs) Well, I mean, even then, you know, I don't know. There's even a lot of conversation around what that even means. But, yeah, it's um, – I I even think of some of our – uh, songs that the church have founded on. So you talk Amazing about... Amazing Grace? Yes. Pub song. Yeah, exactly. exactly. A pub melody. Exactly. And then, I mean, you know, I think of uh, Handel's Messiah. I mean, the person who wrote Amazing Grace, Newton, preached on going to visit, go to watch Handel's Messiah for over a year. He said, do not go and see that. That's not of God. Wow. But that's a song that Everybody who has this argument with sacred versus secular would probably be fine listening yeah. to, you know. So I don't think it's about that. I think it's and I and I, look if God can use a donkey, that's really the bottom line, isn't it? Good call. <laughs> and on that whole calling thing, Jeremiah, I called you while you were still in your mother's yeah. womb. Our calling is actually knit into us. Wow, that's right. But it's how long do we take to align with it and when are we ready to step into the fullness of it? I think about Jesus, three years of ministry, 30 years preparation. Yes. He was called. Yes. And actually conceived in the Holy Spirit. He was called at that moment before he even was conceived. Called. Yeah. So, you know, look, I'm totally gone off track, but it's good (laughs) off track. I don't mind off track. Me neither. So let's talk about some particular examples of artists as prophets. You quote some great examples in your book. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about some of them here. One that I particularly was captured by was the story of Akiana. Mm. Oh, I think I got that name (laughs) right. Can you share some of her story? Yes. Look, I I am fascinated by her. So most people listening may have heard of her. Uh, She was a child prodigy artist. So I think at the age of three, she was um, drawing pictures and painting pictures that I can't do at 50. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm like, how did you do that? And, um, you know, she famously painted an image of Jesus. uh, Oh, his eyes. Just incredible. Yeah. It's one of my favorite pictures. Um, But she was called by God even before she knew who God was. Their whole family was atheist, I believe, or wow. didn't didn't have any kind of church background. And she's experiencing Jesus and experiencing, you know, having supernatural experiences um, and then painting out of those yep. experiences. So wow. a lot of her work is what 
she believes the Lord's downloaded to her. Yep. Now, some of it, you know, I mean, there's probably some people that will go, that's really unusual. And I'm, I'm pretty good with not having all the answers, yep. but I um, absolutely love her work. I think it, it helps me. I think anything that makes you think on God Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what her art does for me is when yeah. I look at her art, I just go, there is, I can see the prophetic gift yeah. in manifestation there. Because the, we read in uh, Matthew ten forty one about the prophet's reward, which yes. is to see and to hear into the spiritual realm, what mm. already exists in heaven. And then to invite other people into that reality is mm. really the gift of the prophetic or prophetic so office. Good. And so what I love about this young girl is she's seeing into a realm that she doesn't even know whether or not she should be seeing into it. Yes. And then pulling other people into that reality mm. through her painting yeah, and it's amazing. Her art. Amazing that art can do that. And she wasn't saved. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, that is messing with some people's noodle right now. <laughs> Bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> so um, prophetic art, I want to talk for a moment just about perhaps a little bit of the less seen arts in the church. Yes. So painting. Uh, yes. Dancing. We're never really quite sure what to do with dance. Yes. Um, and I think both can be effective to draw people to Jesus within and outside of the church. Yes. Can you share with us a story or an example of where you've seen prophetic art change an atmosphere in church and in the world? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about an artist that I'd met in New Zealand who uh, she asked me, she said, if I give you a painting, can you just sing something prophetically over it mm-hmm. and then give it to me? Because I've got this exhibition in New Z- in San Francisco, not a Christian mm-hmm. exhibition, and what I want to do. And so what she did is she set up this exhibition where people would see the painting and they would sit down with headphones and they, there was a piece of music that was attached to the painting. Wow. So I did. I, she just sent me this work of art and I sang something spontaneous. And she she um, emailed me back after the exhibition. She said, you're not going to believe the stuff that happened. So we didn't say that we were Christians. We just prayed. We asked people to prophetically, you know, paint mm-hmm. and prophetically release music to go with it. She said people were like coming, like rushing from work to go home and she'd go, come sit. And so they'd sit in front of a painting and they'd put the headphones on and start to weep wow. and not know why they were weeping. Wow. They would just start to cry. Um, you know, another example is uh, I remember, you know, with the Melbourne Gospel Choir, I work with the Melbourne Gospel Choir, uh, often we're backstage on television yeah. and we're waiting to go on and there's we we started to just actually live for the backstage moments yeah. and not really care about the platform so and I, I remember times where um, not only were we able to sing over people because that was our metron yep. you know instead of prophesying we're singing over them but we actually started to get into the habit of asking um, the TV station for a list of all the names of the people that were involved in the shows and so we'd get the camera guys names we would get the performers that so wasn't just about the yeah. the artists and like at Christmas time for example we had cards made up and we would just sit and we didn't know half these people we'd go Lord what do you want to say to this person and instead of going thus saith the Lord in the Christmas yeah. card we would actually write the Christmas card prophetically wow. so we would just say from the Melbourne Gospel Choir you know we just thank you for being this type of person. I wow. thank you that you're the kind of person that loves well. And, you know, if we knew the person, we might say something different. And so I still remember it happens every year. Um, people come up to us crying with the card in their hand going, how did you know this about me? Hmm. I, I don't understand. 
Wow. You know, and so uh, one of the stars, one of the performers, um, there's a song that they sing every year for this Christmas event. And whenever they sing it, we've got this tradition of going up to the balcony with our phone lights because yep. it's just such a powerful song. And so he didn't know this for 10 years we were doing this. So we, we got to say in the card every year when you sing this song, um, we get tingles and I feel like we feel like God sings through you wow. and we just want to bless you. He started to cry. Aww. He was like, I can't believe I can't believe that. So I think, mm. you know, there's lots of creative ways that art can yes. kind of get in the back door of people's hearts. Oh, it's beautiful. You know? One of my favourite, favourite people in this space is Teresa Dedman. Yes. From Bethel Church in Reading. She's amazing. She's written a beautiful book called Born to Create. Mm. And she tells this story in there. She's a painter. And um, she will often paint during worship services and then give the paintings away. Amazing. But she tells a story of when one of the teams is about to go out from the church on a mission trip, they will actually get together the group of painters and they will pray and they will paint on small canvases mm. and God will show them what kind of person it's for and what to Love paint it. and then give it to the mission team before they go overseas and then those people walk the streets and just pray and ask mm. God, who am I meant to give this painting to? And then say, Great. hey, this person from the United States of America painted this for you. This is why they felt to paint these colors. Love it. And people come to Jesus through Love these it. paintings. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's How so cool powerful. Is that? It's beautiful. Can we be practical for a moment? Yeah. How can someone start to activate and intersect the gift of prophecy and their artistic expression? Um, I think you've got to make time. Yep. It's not just going to fall in your lap yep. and one day you're going to go, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. It's just not, I yeah. mean, this is a precious gift. This is a pearl. Yeah. God's <laughs> not just going to throw it out and that. you're going to lap it up. Yeah. You know, it's it's valuable. Mm -hmm. So it, making time looks different for different people. Yes. So, for example, for me, you know, I'm like I'm back at Bible college after yep. being in ministry for you're 30 amazing. years. Yeah. Don't know if I'm doing it very well, but I'm, you know, I'm like, I want to learn so that yep. I can be better in yeah. my gift. Mm -hmm. So um, doing things where you're becoming more educated yep. is an example. Um, experimenting. Yes. So not just going, you know, like for example, I, I'm thinking of someone we both know actually that is an incredible worshipper, an incredible vocalist, but I keep seeing them as this amazing artist and mm -hmm. going, I wonder what would happen if yep. they would explore yep. that. Yep. I actually think that's there's an anointing on that's that. That's, that's coming. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I keep seeing that happen. So I think the only way you do that is there's got to be time made to carve yes. that aside. So I think that's really important. I think having the revelation that it's not about the platform. Yep. You know, it's it's. I, I love the saying Dan McCullum says, it's about the secret place, not the yep. marketplace. So good. So actually going, well, who are you going to be when nobody's listening? Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've been in ministry since I was 17. I'm 50 now. I can't even believe that. I feel like I just blinked and I'm 50. But in that season of time, I have been the latest and the greatest. Everybody wants me to sing at something. Yeah. I've been the, she's too old, get her out of the way. And people have actually said that. I'm not just making that up. Oh, then I've been the, oh, no, we need you back. Can you come and do this? And it's up and down mm. all the time. And the reason why I'm not miserable and depressed by any of that is because it's about the secret place. Yep. It's never about the marketplace. Yep. Till I die, I will sit in my studio at home and sing to Jesus, whether yep. that song oh, never 
is heard yep. by a human ear. Yep. And having that as a foundation brings so much joy to your life mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what yep. people think, you know. Yeah. So I think there has to be work done in your identity and understanding what's going on here. And that's when the gold comes out. Um, And then finally, take the risk. You know, a lot of people dream in their heads, but they, they wait for the perfect the perfect set of situations to, you know, mm-hmm. like, for example, for me, if I, if I be vulnerable, one of the, one of the things that I, I've never been very good at, um, because I don't care what people think, which is a good problem, but it's also a bad problem because then I never, ever put my hand up for anything. Yep. And then I'll go, oh, I would love to do that. And one day the Lord said, well, they don't know that you yeah. would love to do that. And I'm like, that's so rude if I say anything. I'm not going to say anything. So like, Roma, just because people are prophetic or just because people are um, great musically, they're not going to turn around and notice. There's a million things people going on in people's lives. And so sometimes it's your responsibility to take the risk and not wait for somebody mm-hmm. to go, hey, do you want to do this? Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that we go... Listen, I'm amazing. Come and use me. Yeah, Yeah, I've arrived. It doesn't mean that, Mm -hmm. but it does mean being confident enough to say, and I'm getting better at this. I'm not great at it, but being confident enough to say, I mean, that's how we met. Yep. You know, I remember saying, Do you want to have a coffee? Just me even saying that is really hard. I'm really bad at that. Yeah. So, I'm so thankful that I did yeah. <laughs> because we're here now. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think taking risks is really important. I love that. And I think another important thing is training our senses as artists. Yes. And you and I have been talking about this lately with um, some of the students and I'm talking about it with my prophetic groups. But, um, like, if you're a person who paints, reflect, contemplate yes. on the fact that God didn't make the world black and white. He yes. made it colourful. And what colours does he use to light up the world? Mm, like every really morning good. he decides what colour the sky is going to be. He's still creating now. It's amazing. He decides whether it'll be pink, purple, orange at night time. Like he's the ultimate artist. And once we start to notice Praise the way God. he paints the world, yes, the sounds that he chooses to magnify on any given day and yes. any given moment, some days he chooses for us to hear the wind. Yes. Other days it's dead still that. so we can hear the birds. Uh, it's so true. Start to notice. Tuning your ear. Yeah. It's like turning your ear. Just stop. I mean, the Lord says this to me a lot because life is so full. He yeah. did this on the way here. I'm rushing here. And he's like, just stop. Yeah. Take a deep breath in. Just look around. Be a, be present. Yep. You know, and yeah, just f- understand what's go- and and also those. You know, do you ever have a niggly feeling sometimes? You're like, it doesn't. It gets to the end of the day, and you're like, why do I? Something's bugging me. Yep. But you've not had time to process it. Yep. But being contemplative, like you said, yeah. and going, okay, I'm just going to stop for a minute. Why am I feeling this way? And then the next question, which is the bigger question, is Lord. What do you want to do about it? What do yeah. we do about this? Yep. Why am I feeling this way? Um, I think is very powerful yeah, as an artist. Agreed. And we, biblical principle, we become what we behold. Yes. And so the more we take, train our senses, and the word talks about this as well, training our senses not to be sensual yes. but to be sensitive. Yeah. Um, and to see colour and the way God is working as an artist still today, moment mm. by moment in the world around us, when we behold that, our art becomes a reflection of so Jesus. So good. And I actually, sorry. It's okay. It's on <laughs> silent. That's weird. No, it wasn't. Sorry. That's all right. Um, as you say that, it's making me think of a question that 
I changed a question about 10 years ago that I asked myself, and that was thanks to Dan McCullum, my friend. I remember saying to him, you know, I'm sensing all this stuff prophetically, and every time it happens, I think it's just me. So I say to myself, is that just me? Like, do you think it's just me? What do you think? And he said, Romy, you're asking the wrong question. And I'm like, what? What's the question? What's the right (laughs) question then? And he said, if you change the question from, is this me, to, is that you, God? Yeah. you will get a completely mm-hmm. different answer because you take the focus yep. of yourself yep. and you start to actually entertain yep. the thought that it could be possibly yes. the Lord giving you these yeah. ideas. And I would even say if people are listening to this right now and they're feeling challenged or they're feeling like my dream is way too big, I can't step out, I can't take the risk. I mean, really, if it doesn't feel like that, it's probably not God. If That's we can right. do it in our own strength, it's probably just mm-hmm. our idea. But if we if our dream and our vision for what we want to see happen, even in church as pastors and leaders, if it's bigger than what we can do, I mean, the school for, for me is that. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. If I think about it for too long, I get freaked out Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, it's bigger than me. Yep. That It should feel that way. It should feel a little bit beyond, you know, yes. the, you should feel the stretch. And then asking that question, all right, God, this is you. Yep. If this is you, what does this mean? Yeah. Is a, is a great question to ask. Mm. So good. I say to all my young guns, instead of saying, is this you, God? Say, why wouldn't this be you, God? Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's so good. So in your book, Unlocking uh, Creative Identity, yes, you have reframed the Lord's Prayer for yes. artists. And I love, love, love it. So what I want you to do, I would love to ask you to do, Roma, is we're going to put on some beautiful music. Um, in this podcast. Beautiful music. I can't do that. No, No, we're going to do that for you. And can you please pray the artist's prayer over our listeners today? I'd be honoured. To the great artist, reveal your art in and through me. Show me who you are as I dance, sing, write, act and paint. Align my kingdom to your kingdom. Lord, rule my kingdom. Let your songs and melodies be mine. Let them resound on earth as they do in heaven. Do what is best in what I create, through what I create and sustain my body, soul, and spirit. Give me what I need to be all I was created to be. I forgive those for any wrongdoing against me, and I forgive myself for not believing in me. I release grace and mercy through the visuals and sounds that I create. Teach me the art of forgiveness daily so that I can be free of resentment and bitterness. Keep me safe from the identity stealer. Remind me always of who you say I am. You are in control. You are the great conductor directing the symphony of my life. And as I look to you, let your creativity inspire me to be your great work of art. Let the beauty of who you are transform me and what I create. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, Roma, so much for being here. And that's from the book Unlocking Creative Identity, which I know people will love. And you hate this part, but I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> RomaWaterman.com. You can get any of her books, including her latest magazine, which is beautiful. Thank it's called you. I Declare. And you get some little cards that go with it. It's sitting on my study desk at Yay. home where I change the card each beautiful. day. Absolutely beautiful and a great way to start your day. You can also find out more information about Roma's online school at the same website, romawaterman.com. Check her out on Spotify. Some of her albums are on there as well. And Roma, even that prayer that you just read out, your brother wrote some music to that. Yes. People can get that on YouTube. Is that right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it'll be on my YouTube channel yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it's where I've seen it. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's got images and it's got music behind it. So we do pray that over you today. Thank you. So thanks, thanks for Roma, me. for being here. Privilege, absolute yeah. privilege. Well, thank you. Thank you all for joining us today for this episode of the prophetic collective next week we kick off a new focus on the podcast where we look at the prophetic in the seven spheres or mountains of influence starting with business and you are going to love our guest so make sure you stay tuned this is season one of this weekly podcast and we would love it if you would share the love on social media you can tag myself stacy hillier and roma waterman also tag my beautiful home church family that i adore at numa church hashtag prophetic collective and make sure you hit subscribe so you can access these episodes as soon as they are available please leave us a review as this helps us to get the word out and to build our community and that is our heart to empower people I can't wait to join you next episode in this community that we like to call the Prophetic Collective. Until then, stay cool.